Morning, everyone. My name's Pete, for those who don't know me. Um, <coughs> thanks, guys, for putting that video together, <coughs> which announces our uh, topic for today, Focus on Jesus. Um, <coughs> we're continuing in our Better Together series, and we've tagged this uh, the habit of turning up for each other. <coughs> Last week, Danny introduced the series, and he defined better as being uh, to become more like Jesus. In, uh, particularly in his character. It's not about upskilling, getting more knowledge about Jesus or gaining some sort of credits, but it's better is to be surrendered more to the power of God, the very Spirit of God working in our lives and being more selfless. That's better. Together, uh, we can be together but not get better, is what Danny said. But we can't get better without being together. It's how we grow. And particularly as disciples of Jesus, uh, we need to be able to express love. And we need people to do that if we don't have people around us. Um, life has seasons and so do churches. And now you may have joined us today or as it's been mentioned, there could be people here who have been here for over 40 years uh, but we believe we've entered a season where we as a church are moving towards uh, this, growing communities of disciples who love Jesus. Uh, and we believe that these, there are four values that we need to see happening uh, within the church to make this happen or to be present. Uh, focusing on Jesus, rapid inclusion, committed being committed in our relationships and acknowledging that everybody's faith journey is at a different point and that we need to meet them there and work, work together on it. So in the spirit of this, last week, uh, Danny, uh, and towards building a culture around it, Danny put uh, the challenge out to us to find a community to connect with. It could be a life group, it could be uh, starting a just a group of you getting together to have coffee. could even be just a chat group. But it's to get the conversation started and moving in this direction. And what's been encouraging during the week is we've actually heard stories of this happening. Uh, people joining uh, life groups. Um, and I had the privilege of being uh, doing that, helping people get into them. And also people starting uh, versions of coffee groups. It doesn't have to be coffee. It could be anything. Uh, that you rally around, but so you can have this conversation. So over the next four weeks, uh, we're going to consider these four behaviours. And today, we're focusing on Jesus. And I just want to pray. Father, I just do commit this uh, time to you and we pray that we would be inspired by your word, and particularly your words, Jesus, this morning, uh, to help us to be more like you, we pray. Amen. Um, focus on Jesus may seem a little obvious, actually. Um, for many of us, though, I think we find or experience and we also observe that it's actually not... It's hard at times to stay focused on Jesus. In fact, it's, more, it's easier to drift away from Jesus, uh, to get distracted or even, uh, in some cases, be threatened because of the type of environments that we're in to stay focused on Jesus. Um, 
When Danny, when we introduced these uh, four values last year, Danny spoke on this focus on Jesus. And I'd encourage you to listen to the message. It is really good. Uh, he spoke on John 14. And a quick pricey or summary of that was, it starts off by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, and, and he goes on to build from there. The reason that we shouldn't is that we, if we trust in him, that Jesus is actually preparing a way or prepared a way for us to go and live with him in a forever home, heaven. And to do that, he actually died for us, died for our sins. Uh, and, the, and he makes this amazing claim that he is the only way, the only truth to this place, heaven, to the Father. Um, and that there is something that we can be absolutely sure about. And that is, when Jesus comes back, we'll go back and be with him. And his main point was, and the building block we want to build on today is, that we are in relationship with Jesus. And eternity is fundamentally a relationship. So I want to pick up the story in John 15 now. Um, so if, and starting at verse 1 and we're just going to look at the first 16 verses it starts off by saying I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This word remain, throughout these 16 verses, Jesus used nine times. And uh, the amazing thing is, it's a very simple word. It means remain. <laughs> it means abide. Uh, it means to wait, to stay. But, Throughout the New Testament, this word is used extensively and it has a real significance and it has a real intensity and strength about it. And what you see is when you look in its different applications, it moves from being what seems to be a fairly simple and soft word to not depart, not to leave, to continue to be present maintain unbroken fellowship it's strong and i'll give you a, a couple of examples in fact it really sits well with our theme better together turning up for each other um, two examples john 14 10 jesus is talking he said it is the father living in me abiding in me in me think of it this relationship, Jesus and the Father, it can't be broken. It can't be. Uh, it's him that is working in me. It's not possible to separate them. First John 2 to 6 says, Whoever claims to abide or live in Jesus must walk as Jesus. You can't break the two. You can't say you're in Jesus and then not walk as Jesus did. It's, so it's a very strong word. 
Um, for those, and there was, this was mentioned in the video, uh, some people like pictures and illustrations. Well, this picture that we have here that Jesus paints is that he is the vine, we are the branches, and the Father is the gardener. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus is the true vine, and we hear earlier in John that through him, he makes everything. He is the word and he's made everything. Without him, nothing has been made. And in him is life. And that life was light for all mankind. Like any relationship, no matter how it starts, and after 35 years, Joe and I are still debating, did she make eyes at me or did I make eyes at her? Anyway, that's another story. Um, when any relationship starts, it produces something more than the individuals that are there. It's a powerful thing, relationships. And so here we have two life streams, a vine and a branch. The vine is the person who created all things. The branch is a sinner that has been forgiven and been saved working together to produce fruit. Two life streams that yield fruit that is eternal. Amazing. I find this remarkable that God the Father, the gardener, has chosen to produce eternal fruit this way. It's amazing. And I hope you sense what that is like, that intimacy, that purpose. You know, in light of this, I believe this passage, we see Jesus makes an appeal to us. Remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in my love. Remain in my word that together we may produce fruit. I'm depending on you. This doesn't work without you. I think it's also an appeal to protect our relationship. Look after it. Care for it. You know, there are things in the kingdom that never go out of season. And bearing fruit as disciples is one of them. Jesus said in this, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. There is no place in this garden for fruitless branches or low-yielding branches. To prune a plant, uh, a tree that's to bear fruit, is like cleansing it, to encourage it to be more fruitful. Jesus had been teaching disciples, been teaching him his words. And this teaching was an effect of cleaning them, showing them way to the kingdom that was to come. You know, we see beautiful examples throughout Scripture of Jesus interacting with people. It's one of the things that draws me to Scripture, that and parables. Um, one example is the rich young ruler. This man, young man comes to Jesus and says, how do I inherit 
eternal life, the kingdom of God. And he says, do the commands. And he says, well, I've done that since I was a kid. And then there's this little turning point, And I want each of us to capture this. It says, Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him and then said to him, go and sell everything you have. If you do that, you'll be more fruitful. You'll be able to participate more with me. Now that was for the rich young Mueller, but what is Jesus saying to you? What are the things he's encouraging you to do that you might be more fruitful? Uh, in the video, there was Bev, and Bev made mention of life groups. I was speaking with Frank's uh, her husband the other day, and he said he'd been leading life groups for over 30 years. Thank you, Bev. Thank you, Frank, for doing that. But one of the things he said he's learned is you've got to keep it simple. And that is, you just point people to Jesus, not other people. Follow Jesus, not other people. There's a beautiful image in Hebrews that captures, I think, a little snap. It's a little picture of what life is like. It says, let us focus on our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This picture of life, we all focus on something. But as believers, as disciples of Jesus, we are to focus on him. Yes, from our... Um, Last week, from Danny's message, we realised that we are going to be citizens in heaven. And that's the joy that is set before us. But there's this little thing in between called life on earth. And it's the place that we bear our cross, like Jesus. It's the place where we learn how to deny ourselves. It's to learn how we, our place where we learn how to... Be citizens in heaven. It's the prequel to the main event. The Father models in this for the Father models for us that it is better together. Together we bear fruit. We go on, and Jesus actually makes three appeals, I reckon. The first one is remain in me. The next one is to remain in the word. So let's pick it up at verse 13. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Jesus repeats this introduction of, uh, about how that we are the vine, he is the vine, we are the branches, that we are to remain in him. But here he states what the purpose of the fruit bearing is. It is, it's the overall, the overall purpose is to give glory to the Father. Now glory 
means this in this context. It's to ascribe weight to his name, his character. It's recognizing that God is real substance. He is real. And, uh, and for us personally, what we do is then we acknowledge that, we value that in our lives for who he really is, his true character. And sometimes, and I know I do this, we get this confused between worship. Worship is this, is when I see and know what the glory of God is, I go like this. Not only this, I do this. Worship means kiss the ground. I'm responding to God's glory in that way. The other thing that we find here is Jesus identifies how we will know his disciples. It's by their fruit. If you want to be known as Jesus' disciples, you have to bear fruit. And Jesus affirms this earlier in John where he says, they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. Love is the fruit. So, to stay focused on Jesus, to remain in him, to stay fruitful, to bear up when we experience pruning, to protect our relationship, to be better together. There are three things I believe Jesus introduces to us that should be part of our daily life. Three things. Um, And it's in verse 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, it is we need to focus on God's word. Because the word is truth. Uh, Paul puts it this way in Timothy, that the word teaches us, it trains us, it corrects, corrects us, it rebukes us, it prepares us for works of righteousness. It prepares us, in a sense, for the kingdom to come. It reveals to us God's commands, the things that he would want us, the way he would want us to be living. And it goes on, the, remaining, uh, the word remaining you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Prayer. And Bev mentioned prayer in the video. Ask. It's our communication with prayer. Jackie mentioned it too. Prayer. That, and when we're talking about prayer, these prayers should reflect Jesus' model of prayer. To keep the Father's name hallowed, honoured. Prayers that seek his kingdom, that his will be done here on earth, but not just here on earth, in this heart, my home, my church, my country, the world. Prayers that reflect that we trust him for our daily needs. Prayers that reflect that we need our hearts to be soft so that we can forgive others just as he's forgiven us. Prayers that recognize that there are dangers ahead of us 
temptations and the works of evil. Paul talks about the armour of God in Ephesians. And the footnote to it is that we should pray on all occasions after we've got this armour on. The reason we put the armour on is to foil the devil's schemes, evil schemes. And the word devil or evil in that context means to bring down, sever relationships. The reason we put the armour on is to protect our relationship with God, with Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. So prayer, it's important. And the third thing is that we should be glorifying God, honouring God, being fruitful in that way. The fruit affirms God's character. It adds weight, shows God to be real, that he is something of substance. It's better together. It's better when we apply these things daily, but also when we're together as people. The word, prayer and glory, glorifying the Father. Jesus makes one final appeal, and that is to remain in his love. First, uh, let's, let's read on. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you kept my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. The there is a flow in the kingdom and it goes like this. The Father loved me, Jesus. So I've loved you. Now you go and love your brother, your sister. It's a beautiful thing. There's an, another one. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remained in his love. This beautiful ebbing backwards and forwards. Jesus subjects himself to the Father's commands. He doesn't ask anything of us that he would not do himself. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. The measure, his love, well, he laid down his life for us. And now he asks us to do the same. He calls us friends. He shares openly with us 
just as he'd want us to do with him. Together, Jesus and me, we bear fruit that lasts, lasts for eternity, the vine and the branch. This friendship, this friendship gives me access to the God Almighty. Whoa. Focus on Jesus, my friends. Focus on Jesus. He finally, and then he says in verse 17, this is my command, love each other. It's better together. (laughs) Turn up for one another. So, quick summary, focus on Jesus. Listen to his appeal. Remain in me. Remain in my word. Remain in my love. Protect what you have. And you will be known as my disciples as you bear fruit daily. And in your, when you gather, focus on my word. Pray to the Father. Glorify the Father. Now, some of you, maybe you're going, I don't know if I'm actually there. I want to read these uh, words from uh, John. 1 John 2. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Love, the fruit that will last. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a gardener (laughs) and that you have a deep desire for us uh, to be people uh, that are in relationship with your son and that out of that relationship we would bear fruit, fruit that would last for eternity. So I do pray that as your people, that you would help us to stay focused on you as we read your word, as we pray to you, pour out our hearts before you, as we seek to glorify your name, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.